Greetings and salutations, folks. Welcome to another day. It is gorgeous outside. Hopefully, it is gorgeous where you're at, too. Today, we have a little bit of an exercise, a mental exercise. Give your mind free reign to think whatever it wants for a few minutes once a day. I did it this morning, and here's what I did. Here's the exercise. As soon as I woke up, I just wrote down a string of thoughts for about 30 seconds, and I woke up. I said, it's 3 a.m. It's Got five hours of sleep. I'd like to have about 15. 15, that's when I went tubing down the Otter Tail River the first time. Whatever happened to Becky? Oh, that's right. She lives in Colorado now and is married. I heard the birthday song is licensed and you have to pay for it. Mmm, cake. Now, there's a variety of reasons to do this exercise. One is to just allow your creativity to go. Another one is to just see what kind of dots you connect. For me, that's what I like to do is to look at it later on during the day after my automated day begins. When Before I get into my routine, I like to do this little 30 seconds of ADHD thought string, if you will, and just write it down later on and say, wow, that stuff made sense to me right away in the morning. Boy, I'm living a different day already. And then I ask myself, what kind of day do I want to live? The kind of day I had this morning or the kind of day I'm having right now, because the choice is mine and the choice is yours. Now let's get this party started. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now let's play hard. Welcome to the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling. Good morning. Folks, how are we doing here today on a Tuesday morning? Tuesday. Feels nice to be caught up, kind of, right? I know. Feels nice. Not so much around here in the uh, Dakotas where (laughs) it's been cold. Even, even, uh, remember yesterday when it was uh, so nice and sunny out and we still had ice on the puddles Mm -hmm. because it was still cold. It it snowed the day before. And we were just talking about, too, about how, at least my memory, from my memory here, folks, before they start the whole climate change uh, scare tactics here in April. Boonhoggle, yeah. Okay, now in my memory, in my lifetime, and I'll go back to, oh, I'll go back to when I was 10 years old, okay? I can remember about every four years, at least every four years, no more than every five years, Mm -hmm. it would snow or Freezing rain on Mother's Day, which is the same as opening day for fishing. Yep. So you you got double bitching. <laughs> That's a, <laughs> a super whammy right there, the man. Mother's Day outside, yep. brunch is ruined. Yep. And dad's, dad's all pissed because he be- can't take the boat out. And, right. Yeah. So and, and his well, worse, his fishing trip got canceled, so he had to stay home and be with mom. Yeah. And he didn't like that to begin with. So it's better make a breakfast in bed, man. So anyway, I, I was just noticing that uh, we'll probably get one or two snows up here in Dakota still. I would bet. I mean, we always, every time I think it's time to plant my tomatoes, don't plant your tomatoes. Was thinking about planting some plants, though, uh, indoors. Indoors. Well, I think you can get away with that. You think so? Yeah. You got something in particular in mind? You got kind of a nice little forest. I wish people could see... Part of the industrial forest studio here is is greenery. There's a uh, 
kind of a boy waterfall going on in the background. I don't know. It makes me have to pee all the time. I like plants. Yeah. And keeping it uh, green. But I was thinking about uh, doing some gardening this summer. Mm-hmm. I used to have a, about a half acre garden. Great. Oh, best summers of my life. Yeah. Sitting out there with my son and he was naked as a jaybird so many times <laughs> when we lived out in the country and, and uh, by the way, that's when you know you're free. Yeah. My, my definition of true freedom. Naked as man, gardening. As a man. Okay. Okay. Now, as a woman, you might have a different freedom than us because I, I hate to break it to you. There is some bio, biological differences with what I'm about to describe. Okay. <laughs> as a man, being able to walk outside mm-hmm. and take a pee. Wherever or you urinate, want. Right. Right in my front or backyard without... A care in the world, <laughs> that is the definition of freedom. And I had that for five years. Yeah, see. The only thing that could see me was horses, raccoons, and deer. Right. And God, of course. Of course. Yep. So now I want that back. Yeah, well, it's a little harder where you live now. You do that, and the neighbors tend to look at you. You know, it's weird. Call the cops. Yeah, right. Take pictures. You're relieving yourself on your property, and they call the cops. One guy leaves a casserole. I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, is that, is that a threat or is he? Is it? Is it? A, come on! Is he, I mean, he over? Is he saying it's your funeral? Yeah, you what's leave a in, casserole? Yeah, at a what's, funeral. <laughs> well, if you wake up with a horse's head next to you, you'll know. We got a lot of mixed up people here in the Dakotas. A lot of mixed metaphors and a lot of just confused individuals. Well, most of us have been inside for a year or more. It feels like. Well, that you know? famous line in is it Mystery Alaska? Is that the hockey movie? I think so. Where, of course, up in Alaska, it has to do with their hockey team. And right. as you say, all we do here is drink and fornicate. <laughs> that's, that's the only activities we have here in hockey. Or maybe it's hockey, drink, and fornicate. See, I've always liked Alaska. Always wanted to visit. That's their state motto. <laughs> it is. Drink and fornicate. Come to Alaska. I think that's on the flag, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Idaho. Famous potatoes. <laughs> New Hampshire. Live free and die. Alaska. Hey, we're the Peace Garden State, North Dakota. Yeah, I know. That's a pretty bad one. Yeah. No, and, and actually, this is true. This is true. I will give you $20. I will give you $20, okay? And you only have to give me one. I think they call that 20 to 1 odds. Yeah, I'm not a math guy. If you go to any city in North Dakota, we'll just say the big five, Grand Forks, Bismarck. <laughs> that's all the cities, really. Fargo, Dickinson, Williston, Minot, right? That's, that's what we're talking about here. I'll bet you not even two out of ten have been to the Peace Gardens. I don't even know if they can name where it is. I, until this very moment, had no idea it's they the existed. Border. Yep, it's on. That's why we're called the Peace Garden State. Do you know? Right, and it's a total manufactured name when you look at the history of mm-hmm. it. It had something to do with they wanted to just peace it o- and it overlaps between Canada and the right. U.S. It, it was a total had nothing to do with the state. It was a political yeah. chip. Okay, but here's how you. The only reason I know about the Peace Garden, I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. Only reason I know about the Peace Garden is about every five to six to seven years, mm-hmm. I will get somebody that complains about going to the Peace Garden. They complain about having they to go? They complain about going to the Peace Garden because there's some international passport laws and regulations that right. if you're not prepared for. Yeah. It, well, it's on the border. It's not fun. Yeah. Well, in the way that the roads are constructed, mm-hmm. it's just, it's a mess. 
And if you're not prepared, for, if you just think you're going to some state park, yeah. It's like an international park. Yeah, bring your passport. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, see, I had all... ready for your freedom search. I thought that it had freedom search. I thought that they Get came the up with that because of the on. nuclear missiles. You know, all of the silos in the state. I thought that oh, they had the no. peacekeepers. I thought they were called a peace garden. Right, over like the old nuclear uh, uh, si- underground yeah, silos. Yeah, yeah. You plant a garden over mm-hmm. it. That's a genius see, idea. See, it's beautiful. Frackleberry Hound does not like when we get animated. She always leaves from under the studio chairs. It's so funny. She does the same thing during uh, during phone interviews, too. See? She just breaks it up. All yeah, right. It's just a way of her letting us know she's displeased. Folks, this is Jason Spies. That is Sterling. We got a lot going on here at the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. We've got potato is ESG. Of course, we talked about that because the potatoes were going to be smoking in the Dakota Access Pipeline Barbecue, the Dapple Barbecue at the Bakken Barbecue. Will June there be 18th. fixins? Yeah, we'll have fixins. Okay, good. We're going to have something. Okay. I don't know what, but I imagine there will be some sort of butter, sour cream, and cheese. In my head, I'm seeing like a Roy Rogers fixin bar where you get your potato, you go over there, and you got chives, you got sour cream, you got, you know. I, you know, at the same time, I don't really want to become Bonanza, yeah. Ponderosa, right. Roy Rogers, you know. Right. I mean, it, let's well, be honest here. Nice thing about a potato is it's a versatile it's starch. It's a symbolic gimmick. <laughs> it's, let's, it's a, let's be honest here. <laughs> Take your potato and shut up is exactly. what you're saying. It's yeah. a, now go put some pulled pork on it and enjoy your vegetarian option. <laughs> right? Exactly. That's how yeah. I'm going to do it. Here's your potato. Enjoy the vegetarian option. Yeah. Pulled pork's pulled over there. Pulled pork's over there, baby. That's right. <laughs> mm. I mean, we know why people are coming. It ain't for the potatoes. Man, pulled pork sandwich with a potato, making it a sandwich. No, but our thing is just, we, we, we thought it was a great opportunity to obviously offer a vegetarian option mm-hmm. because that that's the thing to do it's the thing to do and it's part of forming that bridge you told me about it's it's the well the Bakken bridge, the Bakken was, bridge. yeah that, that was about kind of uh the east and the west mm-hmm. it's like Hatfield and McCoy it's a uh, donkeys versus sod busters okay you know the the raising donkeys the yeah. kicking donkeys the um you know pump jacks and so there, there's this kind of this east and west spite that's always gone on. And 2015, I kind of went around and tried to get companies to support uh, the Bakken Bridge, I called it. And I couldn't get anybody to bite. Crude Life, we did it. And we sponsored a kid in, Kids in Capitalism event. And we mm. got a bunch of uh, Eric Hatch and local uh, eastern business leaders, right? right. And we got uh, kids to interview them. So we got high school kids and junior high kids interviewing nice. these business leaders about capitalism, mm-hmm. about, you know, what's your first job and, you know, how did you get your start? Right. And, uh, it was it was pretty good. You know, one of the kids, he, he went on to do some great things afterwards, you know, and, uh, and he went from uh, kind of getting in trouble with the Colorado laws oh. in Fargo. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 His now cousin was from Colorado. Oh, yeah. Well, that says it all, man. Yeah. And uh, he wasn't cutting grass. Okay. But he got caught with some grass. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was one of the stories where his dad called me. He was a friend and, and kind of talked. And, well, after the interview with Eric Hatch, mm-hmm. he went on and joined the speech and debate team the next year. Oh, oh yeah. That's what wow. I mean. It was His dad said it was basically because of introducing him to a whole mm-hmm. new way to channel his skills. Yep. Sort of a jump off point. Well, he understands what I'm trying to do. I don't. I. I. I listen, guys. I was. I wasn't the kid behind the shack smoking at school. Mm. I was the kid either hanging out with them, 
we're probably selling them the smokes. Right. You know? <laughs> Let's be honest. I was the kid that ran to the that entrepreneur store, program. Yeah. Got them behind the, you know, got, worked out a deal with the cool cashier. The cool cashier. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Well, I was uh, back in the day when you didn't get like a thousand dollar fine for selling a kid. A when you're 10 years old and you're an entrepreneur, you're figuring stuff out. Well, there's a, we talked about the paperboy exam. Mm-hmm. When you really look at all the different ways I used to break the law as a kid, Okay, and this is without child labor laws. Right. Okay, so newspaper industry again, folks. I used to be a newspaper uh, delivery boy at the age of 10. I was a 1099 employee. I had to sign a bunch of papers. Obviously, my parents were on the hook Mm -hmm. because of my age, but it was me on all the... All all the information. Yeah. You had to go to like a separate sheet to say, oh, this kid was a minor. Okay. That's what I mean. It was like, it was like back then, that's how it worked. Right. The kid was responsible, but... You know, really, his parents work is legally you. If was, they had to come after you, they'd yeah, go after them. That type of, right, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that ever did. I'm happen. just picturing that man because it sounds like a racket. I'm picturing a couple of guys named Vinny dropping off newspapers at 3 a.m. You know, with well, baseball bats. Well, one of his names was Vinny. Vinny, yeah, it was a that Vinny. was a popular name back then. Uh, but okay, so where Jimmy the Fish, this? Ricky the Knees. Uh, you're talking about. Ten-year-olds, entrepreneurs, Bach and barbecue. So I remember at the age of 11 is when I really started figuring out capitalism. And this is why I thought the kids in capitalism was a perfect thing to sponsor and mm. get behind and everything was, was that uh, when I was 11, uh, the newspaper had what was called brokerage advertising laws, okay? Because the newspaper had such a strong circulation, mm-hmm. they understood the power they had. So you couldn't, like, say, buy an ad from the newspaper and then sell a bunch of ads inside that ad. Oh, sure. You couldn't, like, you know, on a Sunday insert type thing, go Mm -hmm. around town and say, hey, I have this, and then sell a bunch of subcontractor ads underneath. They they wouldn't allow that because you were piggybacking off of their circulation and their distribution. Yeah, that's their money. They want to keep that. Totally. And it was called brokered advertising, Mm -hmm. and there was an actual law and as far as the industry went and everything else. Well, I figured out a loophole. Yes, I did as an 11 year old kid. (laughs) What I did was, and this is this, I tell the story all the time about, this is a great lesson in entrepreneurs learning by their own mistakes, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's positive mistakes and it keeps moving forward, but you figure out how to do time efficiency. So, uh, this is, I used to love telling the story to the kids. So here I am delivering newspapers every day. Well, I, I, you know, pretty soon I started because I had to deliver newspapers to buy my own school clothes because I had hand-me-downs or garage sale clothes, and that okay. was it because I was the third child, okay? I was below Jan Brady, okay? <laughs> I was below Jan Brady. You got the shopping bag. <laughs> That's it, Nobody right? Nobody remembers the third girl. Yeah, who? It's Marsha, Wendy, Jan, and there was a dog named Tiger. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nobody remembers the third kid. I, she was cute. <laughs> I remember that. Well, she had a lisp, I, right? I, I think so, yeah. I don't yeah, remember her name. Yeah. Did you have pigtails, too? <laughs> Bobby, was that her name? God, now I'm gonna have to look it okay. up. Okay, keep talking. I'll look it up. So anyway, uh, folks, this is not this is not like scripted. We uh, so. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> so I'm going door to door, and I, you know, as a kid, what do you do? You, you mow lawns, mm-hmm. you sell lemonade or psychiatric advice, right? <laughs> yeah. So you sell, sometimes both. You sell lemonade. <laughs> sorry for those people who do not know what peanuts is. <laughs> Lucy from Peanuts used to have a lemonade stand, stand and she sold psychiatric advice. That's right. For a the nickel. doctor is in for a nickel. 
<laughs> so, as a kid, you either mow lawns or you sell lemonade. Yeah. Right. Or you get a paper out. Yeah. Maybe you babysit it. if that you're old it. enough. Yeah. Yeah. Because the the grocery store bagger was gone. That at that, that time that was gone. I, I wasn't around in the fifties, folks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because that was kids were grocery store baggers in yeah. the fifties. And they worked in steel mills then, too. Yeah, or shoe Johnny factories, Cash, you know. right? Yeah. The child labor laws have ruined this country. Yeah. We're not even making our own meth anymore. I mean, what's up with that? <laughs> Got to outsource it to Canada? Oh, uh, yeah. Geez. That's why the Peace Gardens. <laughs> See, we tie, we tie it all Full back, Full circle, folks. baby. Full circle. Okay, so getting back to what the heck I was talking about here. So what I... Mowing lawns, right? So that's what you did. So what yeah. I did... My dad worked for the post office, right? So I created a drawing. First of all, I did a whole sheet. Mm-hmm. And lawn mode, this and that, right? Gave it to my dad. He brought it to the post office. Made photocopies on the government dime. Nice. Stealing from the government at age 11. That's... <laughs> Statute's got to run out by now, yeah, right? They were going to use that paper anyway. So... Well, that's it's technically true, right? Yeah, what, yeah. I, what I'm talking about exactly, here. yeah. So then he'd come home with you know 100 sheets, mm-hmm. 50 sheets or 20 sheets, whatever it was at the time. It so was, you get it was, free printing and probably free distribution, right? So then what I would do is I would put it inside the newspaper. There you go. Boom. Well, then I learned about you know the brokered advertising. Right. Actually, you can get in trouble yeah. this and that, right? So okay. Well, then I would put it on the outside of the newspaper and hang it in the door. There you go. Okay, or put it in the, the right whatever. So it's the not mailbox in then it. I learned it's about mail fraud, so then I couldn't do it in the mailbox anymore. <laughs> and anyway, I, I would do the technicalities around it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So man, you've been hustling since ten. I'm tired. Yeah. I need a vacation. I, when I say <laughs> I need a vacation, I need a vacation. When I spent eighteen days without food and water, doing my radio show, still. That was the closest to a vacation I've had in a long time. Uh, you don't need a vacation. You need retirement. So then I figured out this. Well, you know, 25 or 100 sheets. Well, if I put three on a page or two on a page, mm-hmm. well, I'll double my production and my printing. Boom, boom, boom. So then we went through that whole thing. Keep in mind, each time it's like a week <laughs> or a month that goes by, right? Because right. you got to let time to ring and then they got to call your home phone. You got to be there. It's got to not be busy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so then, what I was worried about is, did you end up getting more work than you could handle? No, no. Okay. No, I got this. We're, we're going to get somewhere with this story. Okay. It's, it just takes a while. <laughs> so here I am. And now I'm, now I'm all cock of the walk. Got a whole, whole new zest of life because I just figured out a way to triple my cost of goods i get what would it know mm-hmm. triple the efficiency by going from full page flyers to putting three on one page nice all i got to do is take some scissors and cut it it's kind of like oh i can cut two at a time now mm-hmm. oh five is too much so you've now just I got dis- a slant and you've the- just discovered assembly line production i've, dis- I've discovered henry ford's yep. assembly line model <laughs> at age 11 yes now i can go work for him this is great Okay. I think you're too old to work for him. That's now. true. I yeah. would graduate yeah, on yeah. to the steel mill. Yeah, by then. the steel mill by then. Okay, so now I figured out. Oh, and this is why I kick myself. This is why sometimes it, why vacation helps. Mm-hmm. Why the shower principle? Why you know get distracting your mind, if you yeah. will, and going out taking a walk in nature to just to clear your head works because I, I it, it had to be a vacation moment, but something happened where. 
<laughs> it just dawned on me. Like, because I thought I was smart. Not everybody got the newspaper. Right. But I would still go to the houses. Well, you're already going that way anyway. Right. right? So I'd still go by and I'd put a flyer in their door. Yeah. Well, eventually that mindset went to, why don't I just put a flyer on the homes that have long lawns? So you're, you're, you're targeting your market at that point. So that way I just started carrying, say, 10 flyers with. Okay. And... Well, because think of how much waste I was going no, through. absolutely. Because there were people that were going to mow their lawn regardless. Mm-hmm. Regardless, okay? And then there were people that, yeah, okay, I probably might have got whatever. See, it's a great example of refining your marketing absolutely. methods, though. It starts out with a shotgun approach, right. whatever will stick, and then you're like, okay, wait a minute, I should focus in on the people that are clearly lazy and not going to mow their grass, right? And that's what it went down to. Or the elderly, or the single parent. or And, and it got to, basically, I was just the fill-in, mm-hmm. because... You know, that was kind of the rise of the uh, the professional lawnmower guy. Yeah. And so they started, you know, they were all professional. They were way ahead of my guerrilla tactics, sure. you know, and, and, a, and with a guarantee in the whole thing. They had thing. a lot higher overhead, though. But what I was, hey, I was the, you know, I was the kid down the street that'll show up on the same day and mow it. Yeah. For it, 10 bucks. Or I think we were getting five bucks back then. Five That bucks. would have been pretty damn good for... With trimming. Yeah. Oof. Well, and the trimming was with a scissor. Did you bag it too? Or was it just cut and leave it? I do remember we would bag one time and sure. then that was about it. Because yeah. that was an extra hour of, yeah. of uh, raking. That's and back-breaking just, labor. It wasn't worth yeah. it. Yeah. No. And then we find out later it's better just to cut it and mulch it because it keeps the, you know, it keeps yeah. the uh, moisture in and everything along. But you're right. It's a great exercise in refining your market mm-hmm. because what started out you know, being the shotgun approach of 100 this and that turned into, well, we're, we're getting three on a page instead of one. So our cost just went down by a third. Yeah. And then at the same time, then it went down by exponentially because now we're just pre-qualifying our market. We're like the pre-internet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's basically, I mean, that you do all the things that you would do now automated, you know? Right. But what I, and the reason I used to tell it to the kids was that that's how an entrepreneur mind, mm-hmm. on, on, that is how an entrepreneur's mind works. It's constantly solving their own problems. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, each problem fixes a little one, and that's not the end. They keep getting better and better and better, so really they never do have the perfect product. Yeah. That's why they got to move on to something else. It's because I've done everything I can do with this microwave. Mm-hmm. I got to bring in six new guys to run my microwave company because right. they're going to look at it in a whole new way that I'm not going to look at it. I'll come back every year and just give them an idea or two in my old school mind and the way that works. And hopefully that'll mash with their new ideas after they make fun of me for a month. Well, every true entrepreneur that I've actually known personally, and it's not that many, but they rarely stick around with, they'll get whatever was their passion running and humming. And then that was the, that was the, yeah. the joy. That was the joy. That was yeah. the joy. It truly is the journey for these people. And they'll move on to something completely yeah, different. Yeah, and that's in, in, some argue that that's not a real entrepreneur. That's a, that's a partial entrepreneur. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of like a, a five-inning pitcher. It's almost like a renaissance person. They're more interested in the, the process of it than the result of it. Well, I, I looked at it. I try to look at it in a positive way, and they're an igniter. They're a motivator. That's good. They're a self-starter. Yeah. You know, because a lot of those people are really self-starters. Mm-hmm. And once they get it started by themselves and they get it rolling they have to go start something else. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's just the way they're wired. I'm, I'm wired like that in a lot of ways. 
Um, just sheer society has made me stick around for a lot of things I haven't wanted to stick around for. <laughs> well, most of us now have the attention span of a gnat, you know, because of all the different things assailing or, you know, vying for our attention every day. Well, but also you, you have to, you either have to let it go or it takes a while to finish yeah. a, finish a job <laughs> because you just don't have the resources and time keeps moving. Whether you, you know, whether you're trying to stop it or not. That's why, you know, being at like 10 years old and starting to realize some of that stuff, it's like, it's a great way to begin, you know? And the only thing that really changes with age is that it's just a little harder for us to get up in the morning and keep doing that stuff. I do remember though, being young and, and my body aching. Yeah. Oh, sure. From that kind of work, getting up in the morning and, and it's just that it's almost like that. It's almost, it's almost like an emotional weight sure you know what i mean it's yeah, like it's more of a pain of an emotional weight yeah. holding you down than anything else like it's hard it's, to get out of bed at that yeah. time in the morning and be like okay i gotta do this and and, and that's why i i yeah. joked that you know like the the dunkin donuts guy with that iconic <laughs> ad of just this this droopy debbie downer look of this guy you know yeah. he just looks like toby from the office yeah. getting up with a mustache under right? this soul-sucking luminescent light you know it just looks like a early well, morning and toby god bless him from the office he played such a great role because there's some people where they just look depressing you know yeah. they just kind of bring you down mm-hmm. and, and he embraced that yeah you know, thank goodness because Unfortunately, we live in a society where... Hey, he took it and he's laughing all the way to the bank with us. So good for him, man. It's it's same thing about, you know, uh, little people wrestlers. Good for you, man. You figured out a way to make a million bucks instead of getting made fun of. Still trying to figure out a way to monetize my awkwardness, but I'm working on it. (laughs) I keep giving it away for free. Everybody keeps... (laughs) Oh, man, I could be charging serious money for this stuff. When they throw money at me, it's not to give it to me. It's to whip it at me, right? right? Just whip it good, you know, that type of thing. So anyway, it's a good lesson in entrepreneurship. And I I think more people should, you know, figure out ways to refine themselves on a daily basis, you know, and they do it in their, in their families. They obviously, when they cut their uh, cable bill or Mm -hmm. they cut their phone bill, same kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's choices you make. I think like those, like your son used to do and those other teenagers that would, that would interview these entrepreneurs and business owners. We should start doing that again. We should start asking our people that we interview, what was your first job? You know, because understanding some of the places where they come from is just as important as understanding maybe about where they are now, where they're going. It's interesting, too, about the different uh, levels of age. Sure. Like I mentioned, uh, Roger Johnson is a great example, the former president for the Farmers Union, former ag secretary Mm -hmm. as well under Bill Clinton. Doing the tractor at eight years old type of thing. Yeah. Eight years old, horseback and tractor. Yeah, checking the traps, right? Like. (laughs) Two things that would, first of all, just blow anybody's mind. Like you let an eight-year-old on a horse and then they start thinking, yeah, I guess I've seen that. Wait, you let an eight-year-old on a tractor, you know, and not only that, but they were by themselves. Well, yeah. I mean, and you and I look at that and go, what? But it's like, yeah, you don't just stick them on a tractor. They rode on dad's lap. They learned how to do it, you know, from from birth, right? Pretty much. And have you ever trapped gophers? I have never. And I've never driven a tractor. Okay. So I've done both. Or ridden a horse. I've done both, and I don't think I've done either since I was 10 years old. So I've ridden a camel. I drove a tractor before I was 10. Before and, you drove a car. Right. Yeah. And also trapped gophers, that sort of thing. Gophers, the part that, and the reason I knew about the gun, mm-hmm. you know, about the gun, because I brought that up yesterday about how I, you know, we didn't really even get into that too much, but 
you're eight years old and you're on horseback mm-hmm. and you probably have a gun with you. So at least a BB gun, if not a 22, if you're trapping foxes. It's a tool. is as much as a... As the horse you were riding on is because when you trap gophers, you had a BB gun, right? Because that, that, that did the job, right? Okay, you, and the reason you had a BB gun is because it was it was very common that the gopher wasn't dead, and it was just pissed, just, and its teeth were just, and he was clawing, and yeah. and so it was either that or you bashed its head in, right? You wanted yeah. that fifty cents, yeah. <laughs> the things we do for money you wanted that 50 cents all right folks that's gonna <laughs> i kind of feel like, like a paul harvey story we just did and that's how the boy got his 50 cents <laughs> i wake up in the morning now feeling sick inside now wait for the time the time Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. It's sponsored in part by Chewy Paws. All natural elk, deer, moose, and caribou antler chews for dogs. USA sourced premium quality and no preservatives. They love what we do in oil and gas and all profits go to the dogs. That's Chewy Paws. Check out their website, ChewyPaws.com. That's ChewyPaws with a Z.com. The Crude Life, play hard, work hard, is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Show play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling, and a little bit of a truncated edition today. Only two segments here on a Tuesday. You've got your daughter's birthday and wife uh, and brother. Oh, you got a three. You yeah, got tri- trifecta. Trifecta. Wow. Yeah, it, it makes it. E- well, actually, everybody gets pissed if you forget. It's, it's easy expensive. to remember. It's an expensive day. So I would imagine actually that um, the recipients. Recipients, is that the right word? Sure, yeah. Of the gifts, mm-hmm. um, would kind of feel a little cheated. Kind of like if your birthday's on Christmas. Right. Like, 
You know, if my birthday wasn't on Christmas, I think I would have got more money spent on me. Yeah. So if I'm not sharing my birthday with two other family members, I would have got the full $100 budget <laughs> instead of, all right, three for 150 Well, I think about my wife. A hell of a way for her to have spent her birthday 15 years ago. <laughs> well, that's... In the bigger picture, yep. you, you want to say that's the best birthday present you ever got. Exactly. But on the other side, you want to say, yeah, it wasn't quite like my 21st birthday. No, and no. I didn't get her didn't cake that same, day. Yeah, right. Didn't end <laughs> passed out. She was passed, passed out. out. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> a lot of drugs was, and yep. passed out. Yeah, <laughs> epidural instead of shots of vodka, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, by the way, this is the news segment here. We're gonna <laughs> yeah, right. Do. Uh, I did want to mention a couple things. And uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, which is a Wednesday, we're going to talk about uh, Sterling's Uh-oh. upbringing in Saudi Arabia because uh, we're getting ever so closer to adding another date in September. It's September, right? Yeah. So we've already added September 1st and 2nd in Gillette, Wyoming to the Energy Exposition. All right. So we're there. In fact, I'm apparently I'm part of the keynote speaking lineup. Nice of them to tell you. There's, well, I guess, <laughs> I guess it was my idea because it was pre-COVID. We were going to do a panel on um, the media and oil and gas and some things like that. And I don't know if that's still what they're doing, but that's when we were last talking about it. We were going to get three or four different media members, including somebody from the state, like the state. Good morning, Wyoming. Or whoever, oh yeah, you know yeah. And we were going to talk about just how it's been portrayed in the media. And now I'm glad, especially since our revelation about how the movies went from awesome, 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 eh, let's see what happens, evil, evil, mm-hmm. evil. You know, Hollywood just turned on oil and gas in the Absolutely. 80s and 90s. Yep. And so um, I think that's what we're doing the night before where they usually bring in, you know, the pep rally keynote mm-hmm. guy. Uh, I think there's going to be kind of a panel of... Uh, that could be interesting. Right, right. Yeah. And, but we want it to be lively and fun yeah, and, fire and, and brimstone. interactive. And we said instead of bringing in, you know, say CEOs or somebody who's going to be confined, mm-hmm. let's have some people from the media with personalities and, and uh, bigger than life and egos. Looser <laughs> lips, less um, uh, restraint, maybe? Let's see if we could find the three biggest egos and put them up on stage and see what happens. Is there going to be enough room no, but I think in the room alcohol. for those? <laughs> so, it's like the great prophet and philosopher. Wyoming's not a dry state, right? No, they're not dry. Okay, okay. No, they don't allow the herb. Okay, right. Uh, but they, oh, they, I think they give you a still right there. <laughs> right, as you cross the border yeah, and you're moving here's, in. Here's you go up to still. Alaska, you get a you, you get a monthly handout. You go to Wyoming, you get a still. <laughs> you sign your title, <laughs> you know, place of deed, and then here's your still. You know, yep. Well, out there, it's, it's, it's for, you know, taking the paint off of your tractor. It's medicinal. Yeah. <laughs> and also sterilizing your... Yeah, take uh, the warts off your mule and... <laughs> to, uh, sterilize your scalpel and et cetera. So uh, we should mention, too, we, we forgot to mention this in the segment before. Oh, by the way, uh, Aramco Brats, they have an annual kind of a, a high school it's reunion. A, it's basically a reunion. It's yeah. open to anybody who was a Aramco brat or married to an Aramco Thousands brat. Thousands of So people? you've got people from, well, usually usually I think 100 to 300 people will do a reunion. Some people will come for the whole time. Some people just stop in for a day or two. But uh, this is an all ages. This is an all ages. So you're going to have people there from, you know, that lived in Saudi Arabia in the 60s uh, that are still living there. My guess is, though, that based on 
the year and a half off people have had, <laughs> this year is going to be really exciting, especially after the bombing of your guys' uh, refinery yeah. right by your school. Yeah. So uh, Sterling grew up in Dahran, which is a basically an oil base. It's a big, giant crew camp. Yeah, it's basically a golf yeah. courses yeah. and grocery With stores. Families. And, <laughs> that's a city. Yeah, it's but, a city. Yeah. But the whole thing is owned by Standard Oil, Ramco, now Saudi Ramco. Yeah. yeah. Originally, it was Standard Oil. Yeah. And then it became Ramco. Yep. And then now it's Saudi Ramco, yeah, which when, is the largest oil company in the world, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, they nationalized it not long after we moved over there in the early 80s. So it, the groundskeeper at the golf course in Dahran is employed by Saudi Ramco. Yep. They're not employed by the Dahran golf course. Nope. They're employed by... Nah, think just, of it. Just, just everything like the there was like a franchise for right. Aramco, you know, whether it was the dentist or the snack bar. So every year they do this big annual uh, kind of a get together, really, is that if you lived in, if you live there, right? You yeah. You went to school there? It's basically a chance to, to party, to hang out with people, yeah, you know, that up. you haven't seen for years. Uh, Ages, what, 20 to 70? At least. Some I mean, people bring their families, yeah. you know, so there's little kids there. It's it's almost always at a nice or a fairly nice hotel resort. This one's in Tucson. It's Labor Day weekend, the 2nd through the 6th of September. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. That's when Labor Day is? Mm-hmm. The 2nd through the 6th? Well, that's Labor Day weekend. The actual event is from the 2nd through the 6th. Okay. Yeah. Well, we might have to... Split split forces or, or something or drive pretty fast oh jeez <laughs> i was gonna say man tucson is at the bottom of the state so it is a long drive you got to go up over the rocky mountains yep. and then back down well not all the way because arizona is pretty high well, we can so stop elevation. at uh, the grand canyon you know the one with all the faces <laughs> the president's heads? yeah the president's heads <laughs> all right let's do some news here oh by the way news you ready yep oh he's got his paper well, it's it's the one year anniversary of negative oil. That's what we didn't talk about. That's today, right. Four twenty. So we you know we did a couple pot cannabis. I still don't know why topics. that's a pot cannabis reference, but, but I, I think it was a police scanner, right? That, that must the, probably. There's a four twenty over in Appleton, and oh, okay. people smoking pot. I think that's where it came. But from. But from our point of view, it's negative oil. It's negative oil. I'll never forget because that was the joke that, oh, you have to be high to believe that it's negative oil. So has it been a year then? Is that it? It's been a year. And we've had a number of things happen since then to where a few weeks ago with the new energy secretary and wasn't it the CEO from Halliburton? Not Halliburton. Baker Hughes? Occidental. 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 Occidental, yeah. I'm talking and about their was, carbon was, capture transfer. Right. And there yeah. was someone else. But uh, they, they started saying that negative oil may become not regular, but not uncommon in the future, I think was the was the words. Yeah. Was that you might see it again. Mm-hmm. And I called that before. When you were just like reading the story, I said, whoa, this sounds like negative oil talk again. And then later on, yep, sure enough, they're starting to talk about it. You know, for me, it's like looking at the thermometer when it says negative zero. What the hell does that mean? What does negative oil really mean? I don't, I don't get it. So on March 11th, 2020, the crude life asked the question, could oil really fall to less than $10 a barrel? Is that when it's considered? We weren't even talking about negative oil. Okay. We were just talking about less than $10 oil because there was some negative oil chatter around that time. Now, I remember in the early 80s uh, when, uh, when Saudi Arabia was pumping it out, it was about down to $10 a barrel. 
Yeah. 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 I think that's where I got. I went and looked at the historicals okay. and I went and said, okay, negative oil. Uh, that's in my mind. I don't know how that works. So let's see how low it went. Okay. So I went back to the historicals and I went, well, 10, under 10 bucks is rare. So that was the conversation we thought we'd start because in my mind, negative oil was just too much, mm-hmm. just too much. So what we try to do is when we do speculate, we try to at least have some intelligence behind what we're speculating, <laughs> right? Even if it sounds ridiculous. Yeah, we don't just shout at random clouds, only right. ones that look like certain things. <laughs> so here's what we got back. And by the way, we're, we're going to start doing emails again and bringing in the social media. Ooh. I've, got a, I've got a list including top. Someone sent in a top 10 list to me. Really? Oh, yeah. Of ways you've offended them or... Social media. <laughs> Top 10 ways that you think you're a celebrity on social media, something like that. Oh, that it's should be uh, good. That oh, should be it's good. really yeah, good. That I was looking at it going, ah, we might have to edit this a bit. So, <laughs> well, we don't want to get it, anybody in trouble. Right. We, we just want to... We're not going to name names. Well, we might. <laughs> <laughs> We're not above a little extortion. Do you, wanna, do you want me to read some Please. comments I got Please on Negative Please do. Oil? Yeah. It's gonna I, be... I won't give names. No. That's news. I do have the names, though. Okay. But we won't give them. So when I posted that question, you know, we're on Facebook and we're on LinkedIn and we're on a website and we're on radio shows and we're on podcasts. Are we still on MySpace? GeoCities. Oh, my God. If we're still on MySpace, that's no wonder I get some of these emails. Yeah, you got your AOL account ripping out. Well, that one, I understand. That's how I still get snail mail. That's it's, it's from my AOL account. Yeah, that I understand. Okay, so with stamps from the 50s. 50. Yeah, the forever stamp. The forever right? stamp. With they raise the price 12 on. 12 cents forever stamp, yeah. right? Okay, so here this one came to us by email on March 11th, 2020, when we asked the question, could oil really fall below $10? Yes, I get it. We also have plans in case China attacks us. No, they never will. But yes, we have plans. But oil below $10? So what he's saying is that, you know, I get it. Yeah, it might, but it'll never happen. Right. You know, we, we, we have to uh, speculate the worst and prepare for the speculate, right, type of thing. That's what he's getting at. So I thought that one was probably one of the kinder trolls. Right. Okay. It's allowing that, yeah, you're not totally BS crazy. It might happen. Right. right. And, and probably he's, in his mind, he's thinking, I've even seen negative oil. Yeah. So this guy's not crazy, but he's, he's going down the crazy path. Well, it's a good, what do we call it? CYA. You know, cover your butt, basically, by saying, yes, it it's possible. Okay. Yeah. We used to call that Dickens. Dickens. Best of times, worst of times. <laughs> Boy, this Charles Dickens knows how to really cover his butt. Yeah, right. It? <laughs> it was the... It was the Height of incongruity and the worst of incanonity. It's just covering all the bases. All right. This one came uh, via our Niobrera Facebook page. Via our Niobrera Facebook page. This one. Not with the current rate of hyperinflation induced by government minimum wage increases. Coronavirus may push it down that low, but to speculate over a 10-year period... What it will do is like asking your crystal ball what will happen in the future. Not really sure what that means. It's a lot of metaphors. Crystal balls, futures, yeah. I don't understand what the government minimum wage increases was. Well, I've been I've been hearing a little bit about inflation or the concern about inflation, but is from what I've been hearing from the Fed, 
is that right now they are not seeing that as a trend. They're just seeing it as a residual from coming back from the COVID shutdown. Inflation is very easy to understand. Are you ready for this? Hit me. I mean, I'm not even going to start singing. That's how ready for this I am. Then I'm not as interested. They just printed $40 kachillion and put it into the economy. That's an official term, folks. Kachillion. A Big Mac is going to be five five bucks more in two years. Hmm. That's just inflation is going to happen regardless of what type of positivity the Fed wants to give you. And, oh, we're hoping for this and we're hoping Hmm. for... No, just look at what happens. And keep in mind, we've had... Zero or under three percent uh, Fed rates, right? Yeah. I mean, they haven't they haven't moved the record low rates in like ten years. Yep. You're in the homing industry. Yep. Homing industry. Homing. Yes, I do homing. <laughs> you're you're in the uh, <laughs> make you know, me sound the, like some sort of like torpedo. The, the construction industry. So those those interest rates have been record lows. You know where the bottleneck right now is is actual construction material, and that's where it starts. Yeah. That's where the inflation starts. That it's exactly right. So now what's going to end up happening is people are going to have to go back to their banks. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to get more money because the cost of goods are going to go up. That's what I'm saying. Yep. It's, so I wouldn't listen to anybody from the Fed. I wouldn't listen to anybody on any mad money thing with the buttons and and men, guys in gimmicks and things like yep. that. You know, mascots coming out and got blow horns. <laughs> no, just take a look at the history. That's all you got to do. Well, weren't we just talking about this the other day, too? That Snickers used to cost a quarter in you, my lifetime. In that, my lifetime, sure. it was a quarter when I was a kid. Yeah. It's now a buck 80. We got one more. We got one more email. Uh, I got one more on the Crude Life Facebook. This is absolutely stupid and not rooted in any sort of fundamental understanding of oil and gas production. That was uh, what I got last year, March 11th, when I asked the question, March 11th, 2020, could oil really fall below less than $10 a barrel? Now, see, I thank you for your comment. It was articulate, although in the future, it'd be nice, you know, try to educate us, right? You're asking a question and your response was a shutdown. This is absolutely stupid and not rooted in in any sort of fundamental understanding of oil and gas production. The irony is it is completely fundamental of the understanding of oil and gas production. Mm. That is the whole reason I asked the question, right? Yeah. That is the entire reason I asked the question. In fact, I didn't even understand to the tune to why negative oil would work, but I did know it could happen. Mm -hmm. But I did know enough about that, that it could happen. So I didn't allow my mind to get shut down. You're just asking a question. Right. You know, I mean, when somebody tells you to shut you down to not ask a question, that makes me generally want to ask it twice now and louder. So let's do the news, man. I thought, you know, with negative oil, we thought we'd at least talk a little bit about uh, that again because we made it a year and we're getting back closer to $100 oil. Yeah. In fact, the first uh, article that popped up for me today is uh, coming out of oilprice.com. They're talking about the Permian Basin is posed for another production boom. You said popped up. Popped up. So Permian Basin and the production of the Permian Basin is finally returning to pre-pandemic production levels as the oil industry gets back on track. By May, production levels in the basin are expected to reach 4,466 million barrels per day. How many? The highest increase in 12 months. That's good news. Yep. Because 
I'm still cannot get out of my mind these zombie wells. I found another article about those too. You did? I did. These zombie wells are some 7,000 zombie wells yeah. in the Permian, which a zombie well is just an operator paying the interest, not doing anything. It's just sitting idle. Yeah. And that's worrisome to me. Well, uh, an article coming out of The Guardian is, is, I won't read it verbatim because it's more of a story, you know, with oh. news in it. But it's, okay. it's, it's about a woman and her husband who found their dream ranch in Texas. And they bought it uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, then what happened is uh, a Midland-based company uh, founded, uh, what is it called, 7S Oil and Gas LLC in 2014 came in. It's a small-time pumping company and it acquired oil leases on over 18,000 acres in the region. Among them were two dozen wells on the Briggs Ranch. That's the family that bought the property. That's just a hair bigger than New York Central's or New York City's Central Park. 7S didn't have to involve the family at all to acquire the wells on their property because in Texas, property rights are split into two categories, the land on the surface and everything underground. I think that's similar to us, isn't it? So that's natural gas and oil. So they only purchased the rights to the surface when they bought the land. The other company leased the so-called mineral rights and then ran out of business. They saw oil wells leaking oil. They saw wells gushing produced water just being, you know, pumped out onto the property. And this is one of those companies that basically, you know, they're just doing enough to keep them going, but they're not capping them. They're not closing them and they're not really working them. That came out of the Guardian? Yeah. Okay. So they filed a civil suit. Uh, and that's an interesting thing that, you know, we were talking about the other day with the bankruptcies, the number of bankruptcies that are going up, but the number of civil suits that are going up seems to be uh, <laughs> matching that level. Was there any other American news sources cited in that story? Um, let's see. They Because this is an original story from The Guardian, right? Yeah. Okay. Which yeah. is interesting. They cite statistics you can link to on monthly crude production. No, I get that. Uh, yeah. No, I get that. But when when you said it's a story, okay, that's different than a regurgitation. Yeah. Okay. So and and keep in mind, regurgitation is Associated Press. Okay. That's if if you turn around and, and do Associated Press, but we live in a day and age of bloggers copy and pasting and yeah. you know, the the Guardian is um out of Europe, but at the same time, they do regurgitate a lot of news, too. This looks like a pretty in-depth, you know, they, they actually found some families that are going That's through this. Yeah. This is like an Atlantic or yeah. a Texas Monthly Magazine type of a story. Or a 10-minute TV interview or something, yeah. They actually put some time and resources into this. Somebody did. So Absolutely. if the Guardian didn't regurgitate it, that means, that means they originated it, which is really interesting that you've got a European newspaper, because mm -hmm. The Guardian is a European newspaper, which is now a European website, putting out Texas news that is not favorable to oil and gas. Right. That's really interesting when you've got the government directing the entire marketplace to wind energy and renewables. Mike Renfrow is talking about from Blue Boat Subsidy, who, mm -hmm. who went from 80% or went from 100% oil and gas work to 80% wind, 20% oil and gas in one year yeah. from the government managed marketplace, right? Well, all those companies that are putting in 
the wind turbines, except for one on the offshore, they're all European companies. Mm-hmm. That's interesting that now you've got the European media getting involved in American stories. You, know, you see what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But you know, if you look at places like Europe or Asia, they are generally considered to be pretty well ahead of us technologically in wind and solar because they've been putting more attention into it. So it makes sense that they're ahead in the marketplace. This is a whole new level, though. Well, this is more, from my point of view, talking about with the zombie wells is, is you're getting kind of a perfect storm of these have always been a problem. But now you've got a lot of companies, what, a th- over a thousand companies in the Permian area that are just basically not either going bankrupt or they can't sustain these wells. What's going to happen to them? We were talking to a guy a couple weeks ago. Remember, he was saying that that might be the future of these well companies is basically going back and capping wells. Well, that is the future. You know, that's, that, that is their long-term that, future. Th- that is how the government is going to control the mm-hmm. marketplace. Mm. Is is not yeah. so much about production. It's it's more about okay. We have all the money. We're going to pick and choose which companies are going to go cap wells. Mm-hmm. That's that's where a lot of the marketplace is going. Yeah. And if people haven't figured that out yet, well, I, I guess you know on some level, I guess then I, maybe then I guess I'm crazy. No, and I'm guessing it makes sense to some people on some level because they, you could say okay, well that'll give these guys in these companies something to do for a couple of years while we try to figure out how they can all code. Or build wind turbines or well, totally. solar, you know? So, yeah, well, it's and, messy, and, man. I mean, even with the best intentions, this stuff is going to be messy. It's going to be completely messy. Yeah. And, and when I think about a lot of these companies, that what they're going through right now, these smaller companies mm-hmm. that did not get taken care of out of the gate. Yep. Listen, let's grow up for a second here, okay? Because the big companies got taken care of right away. They wanted to make sure that the big companies were mm-hmm. around. And then they started taking care of the smaller ones, this and that. Well, now it's to the point where a lot of people are just getting loans. I bet you most of their ERGOT commissioner's buddies got money. You know, their businesses, yeah. So a a lot of these companies that are trying to actually do legitimate, honest work, Mm -hmm. they're getting loans. They're getting tax money loaned to them while their competition got grants or got just free money. They got basically free money. They got free money, right? Yeah, pay for play. but think about this. You're, you're giving somebody a bill. You're not giving them business. Mm-hmm. They need business. They don't need a bill. Yeah. So you're saying, oh, here's $100,000. Go find some business. But you now control the marketplace too. Yeah. Yeah. So you control whether or not there is any business to have. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. That's, that, are, 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 are we there? Is that where we're at? Frackleberry thinks so. She gave us a frack up. I think so, man. I mean, I, the way I look at it is if, if you're going to try to do something about climate change, right, if that's the objective, right, if that's whether you agree with it or not, if that's the objective, then you have to be able to control and pull the levers of energy, right? You have to be able to have control. That's the objective. What's surprising to me is how comp- like API and stuff like that, just how quickly it's not so much a transition. It's like. It's like a slope we all fell off of or something. I mean, it's just whoosh. You I know? still, I mean, we should, we, I think we got to do like a climate tax watch or something like, or is it done? Well, I'm just, this I, was the quickest just public debate I've ever seen in my life. I don't even, was there a debate? Considering the amount of resources, yeah. time and money that went into fighting it. Yeah. I mean, when, I mean, 
I could have put every single one of my kids and their kids and their neighbors through college. Yeah, and it's just wasted. Ivy League wasted. college. Yeah. With what, what what they spent one year, not yeah. only a decade, one year Absolutely. fighting climate. Yeah. I'd be, you know, all these these at, these lobbyist groups, I'd be that are making six figures, I'd be wondering what what the hell are they doing? Uh, they, they they have the best job in the world. Apparently. They can do whatever they want, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And and they just keep getting paid because all they do is they get paid to point their <laughs> finger at the problem. We got to save that for our leadership talk. Because yeah, because that's a... We, we are... Okay, here's a couple things we've got coming up in the near future. We're, we're, we're going to actually have a like a 10-part series on new leaders in, in today's world. And what, we're going to base this on the people who are getting paid. Well, I think the uh, upcoming thing in Bismarck that event that's going to be that's going to be really interesting because you're going to have CEOs. I mean, it'd be a really good opportunity for us to get some input. What do you guys think about this? Yeah. What's next? Where are you going? You know. Well, yeah. These are the guys that are directing the ships. Well, and I'm really curious. Will they talk? You know, because Jenica- oh, no, they'll talk. Okay. They'll talk. Yeah. They well, they can. Right. They can talk. That's kind of why they're there, yeah. right? Is to talk. So I mean, you. you Half the people that come on here that don't have president or CEO by their name, mm-hmm. they can't say much. Sure. They, yeah, I guess that's right. They don't have that, that kind of freedom. That's why it's a C-SPAN interview in right. vanilla because it's boring. <laughs> yeah. Well, because they can't say anything. Yeah, they've got real narrow boundaries. Well, yeah. you, of course. Yeah. That's why people you know, enjoy the crude life is because you know I, I own the company. So, I mean, you look at it this way. It's rare that you're going to top that nut job, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, don't try to out crazy, crazy man. Totally, it's not going to happen. Crazier, yeah. I'll crazy myself all the way to the. <laughs> You'd be like Alex Jones screaming into an empty bag well, of Doritos every morning. You know, I, I can't do that crazy. <laughs> so, what's next on our news? Okay, so check this out. My favorite, you know, our favorite guy, Elon Musk. Remember him? Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Government Subsidy Money. Yeah, you remember that, uh, you know, before he started blowing things up on launch pads, he was a, a car company, I think. What were they called? Uh, Tesla. Yeah, so this is from CNBC. I got was... a text not even 10 minutes ago about Musk. You know oh, what it says? What? Send money? It says, you need to start a space exploration business. Major funding there. <laughs> I'll get to work on our rocket program. So the other day... um, Having trouble at the trees. In Texas, two men died in a Tesla crash in Spring, Texas on Saturday night, and apparently nobody was behind the wheel, according to local police. The Tesla vehicle, a 2019 Model S, crashed into a tree and burst into flames, according to the reports. One person was found in the front passenger seat and another in the rear passenger seat of the vehicle. Based on a preliminary investigation, the police believe nobody had been behind the wheel, but they'd not finished their comprehensive investigation. So somebody wow. was in the front seat. Firefighters used 32,000 gallons of water and spent hours suppressing the fire that resulted from the electric vehicle crash. It's something about the batteries, I guess. They are just... And the rubber. Boom. Yeah. It's really yeah. toxic. Really tough. Uh, the wives were talking about how they heard the men before they got in the car talking about how they wanted to use the vehicle's autopilot feature. The men were 59 and 69 years old. Self-driving mo- uh, mode didn't adhere to a curve, slammed right into a tree. So it's two men. Two men. On February 11th, 
On an episode of the Joe Rogan Experience, Tesla CEO Elon Musk said, I think autopilot's getting good enough that you won't need to drive most of the time unless you really want to or you don't want to hit trees. That last part was mine. So in the story, does it say anything about whether the doors lock automatically or not? When you have auto it drive on? It does not say. So I'm wondering because I've been in an accident before. Being able to get out is important, and right? And I knew that the accident was coming. Yeah. And in an instinct, I turned around and grabbed the seat. So in addition to having the seatbelt on, yeah. I just I grabbed the seat to hang on instead of ejecting forward, right? Right. And I don't know why, but that's just what I did in the moment. So don't judge me. It's just what, what I did. Right. Uh, airbag came off, whatever the case might be. And it, was, it wasn't it was a big accident, but at mm-hmm. the same time, you knew it was coming, right? I wonder if they knew and the guy tried to get out, like he tried to get out of the passenger side. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe he was staying up front, you know, just in case. You know, riding up front as a they don't they don't say they're still doing the investigation on it, but they did find somebody in the front seat. But you know, they 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 have reason to believe in the passenger side. The passenger side yeah. but, but they have reason to believe that uh, that some you know it was a it was the driverless mode that was engaged right now. Well, sure, and yeah. and so there's a lot of different scenarios that could play out. Well, in Germany recently. Uh, a Munich court actually banned Tesla from using phrases equivalent to autopilot and full self-driving in its advertising because they found this language misled consumers and overstated the capabilities of the car. I, I think this is a great example of uh, why there needs to be a bigger public discussion about do we need driverless cars? I mean, is this really something that we need? Is it worth having people die for the greater good of driverless cars? Because this is all in the name of greater good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And now we're sub- we're subsidizing this. Mm. Our tax dollars are going so the second richest guy in the world can create driverless cars. For me, you boil it down. Yeah. A lot of this is going to be research dollars coming from the government. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and the autonomous self-drive mode of vehicles, I'm sure, has applications across a lot of different levels that the government and military would be interested in. But yeah, I mean, unless it's going to make them so safe that car accidents will go down tremendously, all I see it as doing is either creating more problems or putting a lot of people out of work. It's because you know? it's exactly. going to start with truck drivers and bus drivers, right? Long haul type of stuff where there's delivery maybe delivery drivers, delivery drivers. Yeah. So, uh, shoot. I, in fact, I, I think I read recently Domino's Pizza. I think it was Domino's was starting to do a pilot program with automated delivery. Why do the politicians continue to subsidize the research and development to eliminate jobs? In the name of efficiency. Well, no, they keep saying it's for jobs. Yeah. But they, they create jobs to eliminate jobs. Well, like we're switching places with the robots, you know? It, remember, we read a report a couple weeks ago that was just talking about how great it was that that oil and gas production was starting to boom. And one of the reasons is because automation is picking up. Is Tesla behind this this uh, uh, farmerless farming? I don't I know, know Amazon is. I know Amazon is, yeah. But is Tesla behind that too? Probably. The New York Times did a story uh, a year or two ago, and the headline, I'll never forget the headline. Mm-hmm. And it was Bezos, okay, Jeff Bezos. Oh, jeez. Amazon. And I want to say it was Musk. 
Tesla. Could okay? be. But I, I know for sure it was Amazon, maybe Tesla. And the only mm. reason is because the automation stuff. Is the headline was, is, you know, Bezos and blah, blah, just killed the American farmer. Because, you know, is that Jack Donaghy? Yeah. Uh, uh, right, right. At 12.15 a.m., the American farm, yeah. That spin he did on uh, Carl Reiner in the uh, Congress yep. uh, trying to get subsidies or whatever. It had to do with that because it had to do with basically that uh, drones were going to be farming, you know, between the drones that were four-wheelers because, you know, they got autonomous cars, four-wheelers. And then you've got the drones that fly. It's apparently Elon Musk's younger brother That's who who's is. doing the farm stuff. I was going to say, I didn't think it was Elon Musk, but I thought Musk was the, was the name in there because I knew it, draw, it captured yep. me. It captured me in. But when I read the story, well, I went, it's not Elon. You think okay. you can get a meeting with people if you're the younger brother of Elon Musk? I'm guessing so. Maybe. I'm guessing. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> Did Roy Disney... Get the meetings that Walt Disney could get, you know, type of thing. Was there a Roy Disney? There was a Roy oh, Disney. See, this yeah. is how much I'm hip with it. Yeah. I actually retained a few things in history class, folks. Look at that. But I'm with you on the auto stuff, though. It's, it just, it's, it, it kind of reminds me of that a scene out of Jurassic Park with Jeff Goldblum, where he's talking about your scientists were so enamored with the idea of could they, they didn't stop to ask, should they? You know, and that's the, Kind of the problem we face with technology today is that is that it's going to happen whether we should do it or not. It's not until after it's out in the field that we go, okay, how do we restrain it? You know, have you ever seen the Liberty Tax guys, the Cash for Gold guys? They have mm-hmm. they have those signs, yeah, those giant arrow signs, and they yep. spin them. Yep. And that's that's my joke. I always do, you know, to where that. The humans are now replacing poles, and po- and robots are replacing, are replacing humans. Replacing humans, yep. Because a pole can do that job, mm-hmm. but instead you have a human on the side of a busy interstate or or road, you know, intersection, not interstate. You, you know, I mean, um, the one I'm thinking of is six lanes, you yeah. know, three on each side, four if you count the the turning lanes. Yeah, and so you've got. People there, which I don't even know if that's legal, by the way, to have a human in the in the service ditch next to a four-lane road when you think about it. <laughs> well, if you can't have a, uh, a air freshener in your car anymore without getting shot, okay? I didn't. Now, that's something. I got to look that up. Why can't you have an air freshener We got in pulled over in high school for dice. It has to do with distracted driving, okay? It all has to do with distracted di- driving. So if you can't have an air freshener, and you can't, if you're a realtor, you can't have your, your yard sign in the boulevard. You have to have it in their mm-hmm. personal, mm-hmm. because the boulevard is distracted, yeah. okay? And if you can't have your garage sale uh, uh, stapled on a flag, not a flagpole, a telephone pole anymore because of distracted mm-hmm. driving, mm-hmm. how does that human standing in the service ditch next to a busy intersection how is that not distracted driving? Okay, number They're one. They're supposed to distract you. Number two, you go in for that job interview. Because I'm sure you got to go in for a job interview, right? For that job, I'm sure it's just like, can you show up tomorrow? Yeah, okay, you're uh, hired. I doubt it. There's probably a lot of people trying to get that job right now. Uh, maybe. Because it's easy work that they can do, and there's probably, they're looking for anybody with a pulse, right? Yeah. But now it's probably gotten competitive. Do you know how degrading that would be to be the runner-up because you didn't have enough pep 
in your spin for the cash for gold spinning of the arrow. I was never the guy that wore enough flare on my jacket. That a solar powered motor could do on a pole. Yeah. And Elon Musk's brother and Jeff Bezos has taken out your job. Oh, you remember the... uh, With some drones and, and, and farming? What was it? The, the drinking bird. The drinking bird. That was a more effective replacement for Homer than anything else they'd ever come up with. We I mean, and that's that it, dude. Didn't work, did it? Drinking birds. That's it didn't what, work. Wow. He, he thought he could go to the movies. The <laughs> drinking bird but ruined it for him. Nowadays, that's what's happening. The drinking bird, man. No, the question is quite simple, though, I think, for politicians. Why is it that you are continuing to direct the social engineering and the resources and the subsidies towards jobs that eliminate jobs. Music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by Chewy Paws, all-natural elk, deer, moose, and caribou antler chews for dogs, USA-sourced premium quality and no preservatives. They love what we do in oil and gas, and all profits go to the dogs. That's Chewy Paws. Check out their website, ChewyPaws.com. That's ChewyPaws with a Z.com. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest if you're interested in sustainable forests growing industry jobs check out the industrialforest.com that's the industrialforest.com time now to work hard on the swan energy phone lines caleb amick thank you for joining the program here today we've got a fabulous interview lined up here as We've got a rogue journalist here because we's not going to, you know, we don't like to have him sponsored or have him, uh, I guess, under the guy, the, the, the um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Authority of the uh, newspaper that he works for, but he is a journalist by trade. So 
I want to make sure that I make we, we recognize that because we're going to talk about a story that he's working on out in western North Dakota. And um, it has to do with water. Water's a big deal when it comes to oil and gas from a lot of different angles. You know, you've got uh, farmers down in Texas and western North Dakota selling water with their water rights to oil companies. You've got cities trying to figure out how to get their residents water. You've got uh, just the whole, in western North Dakota especially, arsenic's a big problem out there. That's why there's so many fossils. Why they preserve so well, the arsenic levels are so high. So you got sanitation issues. So, Caleb, how are you doing today? Doing okay. Well, thanks for joining us here. Sorry for that long intro because there's a lot of different angles we can go with water. But today we're talking about a water tower, aren't we? Yes. So, okay, talk about the newspaper story. Uh, it's available right now. It's published. Is that correct? Yeah, it's where, available. Where, where can people find it? Uh, the You can you can find it. You, you would have to subscribe, but um, but please do please subscribe and uh, you can get access to the e paper and be able to see the article. Of course, Dickinson Press is part of Forum Communications, uh, largest independent newspaper chain in the United States, and by far the biggest in, in the uh, North Dakota and throughout the Bakken. So thank you for joining us and and giving us some of your mind and information. And so let's talk a little bit about what's going on in, in which city is it now outside of uh, Dickinson on, on the interstate there? Uh, it's called Taylor. Oh, Taylor. Okay. That's where yeah. uh, the band uh, members of the band, I think sawdust are from. Okay. So Taylor, North Dakota, which is about what, 20 miles outside of Dickinson, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Oh, now, this water tower, is it only for Taylor? Is it for other communities, too? Let's, let's talk about uh, what, what it's going to do and kind of what the issue is. Well, um, let's see here. It would, back in March, it was talked about, it was starting to be talked about at the meetings, at the, I know at least two, I know at least Gladstone would be a part of it. I'm not sure about the rest of it, but I know that at least at multiple count, multiple towns or cities would plug into this thing. Are wanting to plug into this thing? This tower will be uh, in Taylor city limits. They recently got a building permit approved to build it within Taylor city limits. That'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah, it'll. Uh, they were given. Taylor was given four options if they chose to be water tower customers for Southwest Water Authority. Um, the engineer, Jim Lennington, gave them a few options, gave them four options. And two of those, and uh, one of the options that I think they're going to pick is the demand customer option. It raises water rates by about a buck or so, but uh, it goes from 560 to 685 for a thousand gallons. But, uh, but yeah, it's the only one that they don't have to do, like, substantial infrastructure changes. What, what do they have now? So, uh, Taylor, what does Taylor have now for water? They have, like, these three-inch pipes that go throughout the city that connect to the houses, help push water to the houses, and they have electric pumps. And those pumps will go out when the power goes out so the residents won't have water. So that's what they're trying to fix with, hopefully, Potentially by hooking up to this water tower. How about Gladstone? What do they do for water? 
I have no idea. I've just been reporting on Taylor. Okay, okay. Just Gladstone's going to hook up to it is all. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was, you know, obviously when you start talking about some of these rural towns, they do their best to try to give people water, but, you know, a, a, a well is pretty common. It's pretty common. Sure. And And so, but... When you have a well, of course, like I said, when you start getting out to western North Dakota, you've got high levels of arsenic, and and that's when the state, you know, has got to step in on a lot of different cases because you can't be drinking well water if you got arsenic out there. And I don't know, I don't know to what level uh, that exists out there. It's more in the um, Mott, not the Mott, more the Marmoth Beach, North Dakota area, more out in the Badlands, I guess that is. But anywho. Um, Okay, so are, are we talking like big costs here? We taught you. You mentioned that there was different options. I mean, are, is some of them just huge astronomical costs or what? Um, a couple of them are. There's one that uh, let me see. Let me pull it up here. Well, there's one. There's a there's one that'll cost about that'll cost. Three hundred thousand bucks, which is their, which would mean Taylor would pay their portion of the installation cost and their share of the tank, and then they would pay an additional one hundred fifty thousand for the meter pit, and that's not counting the rest of the project. Okay. And what's the uh, what's kind of the the pushback on it. What are what are some of the people saying that they don't like, or well, that, have to, that needs to be well, corrected, or whatever? Well, I have to specify that what I just said is like is not the mainline one, but there's but it's one of the options, and that would be about and that would be the fire flows option, and that would require infrastructure improvement. However, just the basic one wouldn't wouldn't require that much infrastructure improvement, and would only raise water rates by about a buck or so. So the one that I think Taylor's going to pick is what's called a demand customer uh, option, which is where they're going to have water on demand, but they would be hooked up to the water tower. And so that, and they wouldn't have to use electrical pumps anymore. Yeah, okay, okay. But it would raise about a buck, though, huh? Yeah, so about six eighty-five. Okay, well... Well, we'll have to keep an eye on that story, I guess, because that's going to, you know, for one, it'll probably create some jobs, if, especially if it's going to build a water tower. And two, you've got some uh, increase of costs that are going to happen there. And yeah, this is a small little economic project here, pal. Holy smokes. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be, I believe, it would be the tank would hold... I think it's a three hundred thousand gallon tank. Hmm. So it's a lot of water. And you mentioned at the end of the day, though, they're looking at probably five communities. Yeah. So it's just obviously more than Taylor and Gladstone, but that's just kind of the two that are are kind of uh, out, out of the gate. So okay, awesome. Well, it, at, to me, this is good news because that means Western North Dakota is still growing. I mean, even with, yeah. with some of the downturns and just some of the whole different uh, uh, pandemics and, and uh, oil and gas issues, communities wouldn't be doing this stuff if they weren't growing. That's for sure. So, 
for sure. Well, what else we got? We got anything else today to, to talk about what you're working on? What's next? Um, well, I'm going to be, um, in May, I'm going to be updating a story on the street project going on right now in Richardson. Okay. So, I mean, if you want controversy, that's one. I love, um, I love, I love small town controversy. So yeah, you definitely bring it. We'll, 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 we'll discuss it here. Totally. Okay. Well, they, there are two engineering companies. There's interstate engineering and then there's short Ellison and Hendrickson. SEH. Yep. They are competing for a contract and a contract in, uh, in, for Richardson streets build those streets and one wants to do a mill and overlay project and that's seh and the other says that that won't be adequate which is interstate engineering says it won't be adequate and that they need a complete and total revamping of the whole street they need a new subgrade according to him he's dug into richardson streets down to the foundation found him to be lacking he's found him to be full of a uh, fatty clay at the bottom that's kind of that soaks up water like crazy and so it causes the street to break up interesting yeah boy this could set a precedent and a ripple for a lot of other projects they uh they got into it a little bit because uh Mar, like, I'm, I don't know if I want to say his name, but it's kind of public. It's in the story already. So Mark Limpert is a uh, is the engineer for for uh, Interstate Engineering, and he uh, he's the one who's talking about doing the subgrade. But when Seh stood up and talked about a mill and overlay project. Mark Limpert got pretty upset and was like, wait, you know, have you seen the streets? You know, they're going to they're going to break up in a few years if you keep doing that. And SEH hasn't even done surveying yet, and they have been pushing to do the project for a while now. Hmm. They have no surveys, no hard numbers, really. But their estimate is six point two million, while Mark's, which he claims to be based on actual bids, it's five point two million, and he's talking about a complete cement st- cement stabilization project. Now, where's the refinery? Is that Richardson? I have no idea. There's that. What, what isn't there that big plant or something? Ethanol or? I have no idea. Okay. I know there's Amber Waves, which I think is a grain company. Yeah, they, there's um, Red Trail Energy. That's the name of the ethanol company. Um, so it's, again, we're, we're back to roads, uh, right? We're talking roads here. That's yeah. Big, that's a big deal right now, big deal from a lot of different angles. Number one, a lot of roads do need to get replaced. But number two... You're talking about big government subsidies now, so people are going to be just going up to that trough like you wouldn't believe, man. And they're going to be pushing each other out of the way, left and right, and trying to, oh, man, it's just a, 
it's a mad, 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 mad world right now for that kind of stuff. So roads are a big part of that. So yeah, keep an eye on that stuff, man. Keep an eye on that because it's you don't have to dig too deep, and there's all kinds of stories there. You you've already seen that firsthand. So you bet. Well, how can people uh, follow you either on LinkedIn or your work at uh, the newspaper? They can, they can follow me on the DickinsonPress.com. I have an author page, a personality profile. Um, they can just look up Caleb Amick, and they'll find me there. Or they can reach out to me at my email, which is CAMick. It's all together, no, no uh, caps. See Amick at the Dickinsonpress.com and they can get a hold of me that way. Exclusive interview industry news, environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com. With Jason Speece. Thank you for joining the program today. You know, I, I come from an oil background. My family's been in the oil and gas industry for 60 years. I, I think the thing with the younger generation is the younger generation has pretty much bought into the climate change phenomena. They really believe everything that people tell them. We just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us, and especially you, Jason. Without without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. So I, I don't want to be real critical of them because being a guy who's, you know, dad has several small businesses and, and coming from that sort of small business background, I get it. I mean, the, the, the operators here were put in a real bad position by the state of North Dakota. I'm glad that we've got people like you to pay attention and bring us information on stuff like this. Prices can't go any lower for services. I, I, they're, they're too low right now. I, our margins are in the single percentage point if we're lucky, and we're not lucky that often. You're exactly right. ESG is becoming more and more important to shareholders. I can speak for my 20 companies. They take it very serious. It makes perfect sense, and I thought you had a really good show last week. Jason, I love your inquisitive questions because you you ask important questions that that lead to the most important truths. Hey, this is Kevin Kramer representing proudly the state of North Dakota in the United States Senate. Talking to Jason Speece, who's like the best energy interviewer in the world. No one does an interview like Jason Speece. We all like living the crude life, so... <laughs> The Crude Life with host Jason Speece. My name is Jason Speece, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with Ron Gusek, president of Liberty Oilfield Services. This is Ron Gusek, president of Liberty Oilfield Services. Well, I sure would like to have you come back in a month or two and talk about that electric frack if you're in a position to do that. That sounds incredible. It's a fantastic step forward. I don't think it'll displace the industry overnight, but uh, slowly but surely, 
you know, we have gas ready and available to consume out there in the field with a little bit of processing. An electric system enables us the ability to do that with a with an incredibly low emissions footprint. So it is the next generation of frac technology, probably together with tier four dual fuel. And so I think it's a tremendous step forward for the industry. You know, there's there's a lot of work to be done to get to uh, deploying that system out in the field, but there are some out there already and uh, the industry continues to advance that technology. But yeah, there will be a time down the road where the lion's share of the assets running out in the field, whether that's a, a rig or a wireline unit or a frac fleet or whatever, will be driven by electricity. And, and to some extent, that will be pulled off the grid, which of course offers us a uh, a path to electricity produced at scale and in the cases where that's not possible that electricity will be generated on location but still uh, represents a meaningful step forward from an emissions footprint standpoint I, I mean we need to be open and transparent about what happens on a location each and every day and there's and there's no there's no reason for us to uh, keep that stuff behind the curtain we we are transparent about the chemical systems we use and that's that information is fully reported now uh, we are open and candid about the technology we are developing and it's our hope that the whole industry gets better. You know, if Liberty figures something out that, that makes the industry better, we love nothing more than to see the uh, entire industry lifted up by virtue of that. To listen to the full-length interview with Ron Gusek, president of Liberty Oilfield Services, or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. While you're there, be sure to join our ever-growing army of energy enthusiasts with our social media accounts, from the Facebook to the Twitters to the YouTubes, They're all located at thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media tab. From the staff at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life with host Jason Speece. So there's still people without power as of this morning. You know, right now, I think there's very limited driving out there in West Texas. They're generating about 5% of the power today uh, in, in Texas. Sensitive microphone because I just poured a glass of water because we don't have running water here yet. I mean, this, is, this has been uh, a very trying week for a lot of people across the state of Texas. Uh, there are, and let me just say this, I'm sorry that so many Texans were let down by their grid. On the phone, talking with us today, Chairman Christy Craddock of the Texas Railroad Commission. We have roughly 470,000 miles of 
interstate and intrastate pipe and pipelines in Texas, and roughly another 500,000 miles of gas utilities uh, lines wow. in Texas. So we have a lot of, and gathering lines are in that 470,000 miles as well. So we have a lot of pipe in Texas. We're the largest pipe state by a sixth. It, it is a very challenging day in Texas right now. Uh, the grid operator is projecting that nearly 3 million homes in Texas uh, are without power today. Uh, and, and there's- It's our snowy here in Lubbock again. I mean, I don't, I thought it was supposed to be sunny today. So I'm from Odessa, and that's a big part of my district, but I also represent, uh, in addition to Ector County, uh, three other counties in the Permian Basin. So Andrews County, Ector County, Ward County, and Winkler County, but uh, all, all in West Texas, all in the middle of the oil patch. You know, when they close the roads down, we can't transport that, that those, uh, those materials. And so we can't get the product to uh, where it needs to go to get refined so that we can either one, heat our homes, or two, uh, have fuel for our vehicles. Um, with pipelines, that doesn't really come into effect. You know, once the pipelines are laid, not much can stop that that crude oil or uh, natural gas from getting from point A to point B. They are so far behind the curve on getting the storage, the battery storage, uh, in place to be, even be able to handle a, 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 the, in, you know, the most minute degree of storage for a case like what happened in Texas. And now, you know, there's gonna be a spotlight on that. And just an incredible impact. We saw nearly 30 gigawatts uh, come offline yesterday. Half the gigawatts went without water since Saturday. On Friday, the Railroad Commission uh, took quick action. I know you recently had Chairman Craddock on. We'll have water for until 5 p.m. and then we'll be off again for the night. On Friday, I sent a letter asking the Public Utilities Commission of Texas to rescind its order authorizing uh, these uh, generator, these generators or these providers to increase the rates. You know, I don't know that's true, but I don't think I'd want to be in a hospital in Dallas, Texas on, a, on life support and know that wind energy is going to be my source of keeping that machine running, right? JP Warren reporting from uh, Houston, Texas at 9, 12 a.m. Uh, I don't even know what day it is right now. I think it's Wednesday. Uh, we ran out of water yesterday. Well, I've had maybe three hours of sleep in three days. The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by It Takes an Industry to Build a Forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. 
Trust, First International Mineral and Land Services, and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come.